Welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to the first ever handsome and smart podcast with Benjamin George. That's me. And Niels Cock. That's me. You got, you're gonna have to work a little bit on pronouncing my last name, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. So today's topic. Uh, so this is our maiden show, first ever. This is all a test. So if everything goes wrong, audience, do not panic. I'm sure it will end up fine. Uh, so today's topic, the thing that we're going to talk about a little bit is the importance of socializing offline, right? Because um, we all, you know Benjamin and I, we spend way too much time online, especially Twitter. So we felt the first episode, we shouldn't talk about Twitter. We shouldn't talk about all that stuff. Let's talk about something that no one talks about this online because uh, they want to keep you online but because we're stupid and we're not very um, smart when it comes to keeping you engaged and making money, we're going to take it offline and actually talk about something that helps you. So Benjamin, you want to kick it off? Yeah. Like, um, well, welcome everyone to the show, the smart and handsome, uh, smart and handsome podcast. We only have smart and handsome people on it. We have already a waiting list of around 50 people. Anyways, uh, we were going to say, um, yeah, we're talking about socializing offline because I think Niels can, has a similar experience to this. Is like, at least myself, before starting on the online world, I was really sociable offline in the real world, like I like to say. I was really uh, sociable, uh, really uh, outgoing, really personable, really relatable with everyone. And once I've, I've started um, doing projects online and trying to grow a website, trying to grow a, an audience, a Twitter, a YouTube, I think my social skills have gotten a bit worse. And also I'm socializing less in the, off, in the real world. And it's, it's worrying for me because, okay, whereas online I can pursue my more intellectual uh, side, my more curious side, my more... Uh, actionable and motivate, motivated side. It's obviously still nice to relate to people and to have, because I mean, online friends are cool, are great, they're smart, everything, but they're still pixels on the screen and we still need that human interaction, that human connection. So I think it's a good topic to start talking about today. Yeah, it's, uh, I definitely agree with you. Like I, I feel the exact same thing. Like when, I close the computer, put away the cell phone for like a week. Mm -hmm. It feels so much better. You become such like so more uh, like such more social because you get you have to like we all feel the need to be social, right? And the social media is kind of like a, a crutch, right? Because you get your fixes and then you can do anti-social stuff for the rest of the day. But like when you don't have that, don't have those fixes, you need to get. You need to get them somewhere, right? And the only place that's left is the real world. So you actually start engaging with the real world and you start enjoying the real world much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny how... So I can remember that reading this tweet once. I can't remember who wrote it, where people were saying, like, you es a few years ago, you would escape the real world by uh, spending some time on the phone or on the internet. And now we escape the online world by going outside and it's, it's funny, but it's also quite true to be honest. I mean, it's not even funny. It's just sad. Uh, and, but it's, it, I mean, it's sad because it's true, right? We, it's not an exception anymore to spend more time awake 
being online than being offline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at it, you, you, let's say you're like just the average Joe, right? You wake up, first thing you do is check your cell phone. You're on, like you're uh, eating breakfast. What you do, you watch YouTube videos. You go to work. What do you do half day at work? You just like browse online, do stupid shit. And then you get home, you watch more YouTube, you go on Twitter, you go on this, and that, Instagram, and then you go to bed. And if you look at the sc- total screen time, it's like 10 hours a day. And you're only awake 16 hours a day. So, I mean, you're more online than you're offline. Yeah, and it's... And even if you go out with someone to have a dinner, a meal, or you go out with some friends and have a beer or whatever, it's the fact that I've noticed myself before, because I'm, I'm taking more control of it now, but I've noticed myself before, I wasn't present, you know, because mm. it's like, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is tweeting about, you know? And it's like, holy shit, like, yeah, I'm here physically, but not mentally, I'm like somewhere else and like in some imaginary parallel world, which is the online, which I mean, there's real people there. I'm not saying it's it's lesser or anything like that there's real people there but it's kind of you're just like in between this like complete different reality to be honest yeah it's and this the the stupid thing is you you let's say like one major reason why so many guys for instance are on twitter right yeah it's because they want to get better with women Mm -hmm. and eventually like the being online itself makes you worse with women because like I said, like the more you spend online, the more you get your social fix. So that's like one major thing that could push you towards engaging with women is just taken away because you get that same like social fix from being online. But you don't, you're not going to meet any women when you're online. Uh, I mean, screw Tinder, that kind of stuff. You're not going to learn social skills when you're online. So that the one time you do find yourself in a situation with a woman that you like, you're not going to engage with her because first of all, you'll have like an escape route in your pocket, which is your cell phone because mm-hmm. of, you're like, Oh yeah. Like you get a little bit nervous and like, Oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I want to talk to her, but I don't know what to do. So you get on your cell phone because that's the easy way out. And then what, what are you going to do? Like you're going to engage on Twitter and learn more about, how, about dating when oh, send her a real life DM. Yeah, like if you didn't have that cell phone, you would have engaged, right? Because like you didn't have any social interactions for two days. You're dying for social interaction and you don't care as much as what will happen. So you're pushed way more to engage, to be social. Mm-hmm. Uh, so eventually, like if, to put it in an extreme case, you're better off not having any advice from the internet and just engaging with every woman that you come across than to spend 10 hours a day learning how to engage with women. But you never do it because you, you just spend all your time online learning how to go like, talk to women instead of doing it. Yes, it can also be applied like, in a broader sense. Like if you can read all the theory in the world, but at the end of the day, you need to do the trial and error yourself. And, and this, like what you're going to do online with people, going to send them a real life DM, you know, it's like you, you can't really do that. You can't, it's like, oh, is, I don't know anything about them. It's like, yeah, well, this whole, you know, meeting a stranger, but you already know the whole life because you follow them on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you know, it's like, shit, it takes all the fun away for me, at least. I've, I've never had any Instagram. And uh, I've, when I've been, you know, talking to people, meeting new people and stuff, they've always been like, oh, well, where's your Instagram? So I don't have one. It's like, why not? So, well, why should I? You know, like, if you think I'm mysterious, if you think I'm, I'm cool, whatever, you know, get to know me. I mean, I know it sounds a bit like a princess vibe kind of thing or something, but I mean, this is the well, it's, uh, I mean, look, look at it this way, right? 50 years ago, you'd have 10, 20 good friends and you'd have zero followers. Yeah. 
Nowadays, you have people that have 100,000, 1 million followers, and they have mm -hmm. no friends and they're lonely. Yeah. So, I mean, like, followers or uh, online engagement, it can't replace friends. It's just, the dynamic is just not there. You know, mm -hmm. there's so much to it that you have with offline friends. And, like, people go online and they look for the perfect friends, you know, like the guys, the, the ladies that have it all, you know, have the money, they have the, the, the dates, they have the shit the, the physique everything mm -hmm. i mean you look at the people around you in real life they kind of get pale in comparison right because you're not gonna know any millionaire playboys in real life you're not gonna uh, know all the popular kids in real life but those people you can actually have a much more meaningful engagement with so they might not be perfect they might have their flaws but at least they're real people right because online I mean, we're all just presenting a perfect image of ourselves online. Uh, but in real life, you can't do that, right? Like, if you and I were to meet in real life, like, right now, right now I can shit talk all I want, right? Like, oh, yeah, you can't lift weights. I'm, I'm twice as strong as you, blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, like, when you go get real life, it only turns out I'm only, like, one and a half times as strong as you. So, I mean, I was, I was like, completely lying. Bro. Like, you should. Bro, have you seen this? Have you seen this? It's Wait, illegal let, in let Spain. Me my, let me get my magnifying glass. Wait, guns are illegal Wait. in Spain, man. Wait. I can tell. Uh, no guns over there. Yes, yeah, so as we say, yeah, I mean, everyone online creates this like um, curated persona. We can only show what we actually choose to to share with everyone. And it's, it's like the same as in dating, how this being able to have literally anyone on the world from the palm of your hands creates this kind of this mindset where you were never going to have enough. You will always want more because it actually is true that there will be something, someone better. But the thing and is, also, uh, look at Twitter. Searching, just, yeah. Twitter is the same thing, right? You wait. Okay. So Tinder. So you, you put what, like five photos up. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I haven't been on Tinder for like four years. So I mean, you put like five photos up and like, it, like you do a little story. You present like a super best version of yourself. Yeah. You can't do that when you see someone in real life, right? You can't, I can make a Tinder profile where it looks like I am like a super playboy. Uh, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm like laid back. I'm like super in control. But then when you meet me, I'm like, like, like all over the place, shaky. Like I don't, I don't know what to say to you. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, like the, the facade just breaks, right? Yeah. Whereas if you just practice that in real life, if you become someone in real life, then you might not meet like 10,000 women an hour, you can't swipe that fast in real life. But the ones that you do meet, they'll see the real you. Yeah. And you have trained the real you. Uh, you didn't build a facade, you built you. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I stopped using Tinder. I mean, I, I never really used Tinder that much, but I stopped using it because literally, I was like matching with people and I was literally, um, it's taken me three days to give you the, exactly the same conversation I could give you in 30 seconds in the real life. You know, it's like in 30 seconds, I can write up straight up, say, hey, let's go and grab a coffee and we'll, we'll go and grab a coffee because I've done it. And online, it's like literally a whole different, like, it's, it's handicapping, I guess. I, because I don't have any Instagram, for example, I don't really know how to use that, make out the most of, I don't know, the physical on, on, on Tinder. Neither I care really, to be honest, because... I'd just rather, you know, you only, you only have one chance to make a good first impression. Might as well be, you know, that's the way I think. That's the way I see and that's the way I'm doing it. You know, I'd rather go up to a girl and say, hey, just talk about whatever nonsense, you know, and give that first good impression. You know, it's like, 
absolute guru here, you know, but then online it's like, Hey, you know, like some sorry, stupid joke and have you seen my abs kind of picture? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I've, I've had it happen once where, uh, a few years back and I swipe, I think it was wait, right on the girls. She swiped right on me. And then we had like a really weird engagement, you know, like blah, blah. And she was like very acting like I was beneath her or whatever. So, so I, I unmatched and then a while later I met her in real life and she was like shy like she didn't know yeah. what to say like so like on tinder she was like oh yeah like I'm the queen yeah like you're here and then real life she's like Ugh. like she doesn't know yeah that's that's like the thing like it's such a distorted image uh and it's not just guys doing it like girls as well like she was acting like she was the queen and you meet her in real life and she's just this insecure okay weird girl that like i'm not even i wasn't even interested anymore like as soon as i like met her in real life i was like oh so this is what you're like it's all online promotes uh it encourages you to front and yeah. it encourages you to lie and in real life you just can't do it mm -hmm. uh but yeah, I mean, life is a real test yeah and we're swiftly like we're shifting online too much already like see like this is how much of an influence online has Benjamin and I, like before we started, we were like, oh, yeah, let's not talk about the internet. Let's talk offline. Let's talk like, and it's like, what? It's like 10 minutes, 50 minutes, and we're only just talking online already. This is how much yeah, it I mean, dollar lines. We have, we did have the intention of like doing a critique, I guess, because it is, I mean, the world is going to be more online and more connected. And that's the future, you know, the, like, like the future will be everyone in this like hyper reality, if you want to call it, and everyone's just going to be connected all fucking day. It's like you, the the whole term of logging off is just not going to exist anymore, to be honest. And this whole is like the difference between the online and the offline. There's just going to be no difference. It's just going to be online is going to be offline, and offline is going to be online because everything's just going to be connected. Really, have you ever heard of like the Internet of Things concept? Yeah, I mean. I'm in many ways, we are already constantly connected. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious. I mean, people love making predictions, but this is one of those cases where I don't dare to make a prediction because I just don't know. Like, it's a very realistic scenario that indeed we're going to end up with like a computer in our brain always connected. Yeah. But I also see an alternative scenario where a lot of people realize how, how poisonous this is and they just log off completely. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be two societies that are slowly like drifting apart, uh, even within one society where there's like the online people and the offline people yeah. and they just don't engage with them anymore because how are you supposed to engage when one's always online and one's always offline? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting cause I've, I've, I've seen a few, uh, I like some sci-fi. Uh, there's some sci-fi content I enjoy. I'm not that much of a big sci-fi nerd, but I mean, there is that kind of there are some some works in which they kind of talk like they kind of mention like maybe in black mirror or maybe like in uh carb uh altered carbon another kind of similar series and stuff in which they do create like this similar like a double society like the kind of like the separation as you say between like the ever connected person who's basically has another brain you know which is going to be like all oh, this online this uh, what was the name garrett was saying this meta Meta brain or something. Yeah, there's meta brain. I don't know. Brickle also mentioned it. Like this meta system, meta whatever. 
But it's, 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 the idea, the idea isn't even that new because if you look at, for instance, uh, a Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, he already made this scenario where you have the the, the people that want to live like natural, so yeah. they go live in reservations, uh, and then you get the people, yeah, the people that are like connected into society. Mm-hmm. The, the idea isn't new, like, and it's a real. I think it's a realistic scenario um, where part of the population is just going to split off. And actually live in a kind of reservation because it's always going to be the minority, probably. Like yeah, yeah, because you're going to be to say, probably but... more more exposed to illness. Because I mean, once you're this whole connected hive mind, whatever, it's like it's like you will be like have access to this like uh, better medicine, I guess, or better predictions. You know, once the technology develops, uh, we're going to be more you know live longer, be healthier because everything's just going to be optimized because that's the way everything's going. Like. It's not so uh, outrageous to think that in a few years we'll all have an app in the phone that gives us our constant vitals, you know, and in which, I don't know, once we reach this hormonal optimization, you know, literally it'll be like, oh, you're feeling sad today? Well, you, you have an imbalance in X and you need to eat this or take this pill or whatever, you know, it's like, the, it's literally like mm. the future seems to be going somewhere around that way. I mean, we're obviously imagining things right now, even though, like we're not scientists, but it's true that those who reject everything will have to just basically like we talk a lot about how being this self-made people we kind of have to reject everything that goes with with the mainstream we have to go against the mainstream it's like i think it's just going to be more extreme in the future like these savages that were in aldo's and in huxley's brave new world or in altered carbon which were the religious people who had this code where they would no, I do not want to be like reincarnated kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be like that. It's, it's going to be much more extreme, much more like rejection of absolutely everything. Like I want to be, as you said, like in this nature reserve and like I will die maybe at 50 or 60 out of natural courses and everybody else will be living to 150 if you want to say. Like it's, it's weird. That's a, yeah, like it's, it's going to be a brave little world. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but I do think it's very important to, right now at least, mm-hmm. get those offline skills. Uh, there, right now, there is no replacing for offline skills. I mean, we're, we're like verging off into the future, into hypothetical situations, but even today, the majority of money is made offline. The majority of dating happens offline. Uh, you know, especially the majority of being healthy happens offline, right? Mm-hmm. There is no online gym you can go to for half an hour a day. You have to go into the real world, do things. And I think, especially in a world where, especially young people, right? Young people are, a lot of young people don't get any real world experiences. Uh, They live online. um, Mm -hmm. And if you're one of the few that learns how to live offline, you have a major advantage to your peers. If you are the guy that always that never goes online, but actually goes up and talks to girls in real life. You have a major head start to all the other guys that spend eight hours a day on forums and Twitter, all talking about what to do, but never doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in many ways, settings. you want to be the savage. Yeah. Sorry? It's also like in work settings, it's like you need to like everything. It's like everything in life, you need to be that person who's capable of relating to other people because if everyone's if the tendency or the trend is to everyone's as a general social skills start lowering down, start uh, worsening, 
It's like we need to make an extra effort now in being more sociable and being more relatable because it's like we, you've mentioned like guys learning how to approach girls on the internet and stuff. But I mean, it's girls. It, I mean, that's just because we're guys and that's maybe our own gender solipsism, if you want to call it. But I mean, girls also have lack social skills these days. Mm. Like everyone who has Instagram, they're just more used now to like sending a DM or receiving a DM and having all this previous information known of someone, you know, you can even, it's even sort of like this social status kind of thing where you can actually see the person's online status via likes, engagement or followers or whatever. And, you know, and that's another, it's another dimension added to the whole profile of attractiveness, if you want to call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's about ready to the- approach and it's, and it's, it's something that we, that we can, that we know how to approach people not saying in a dating context instance in any context make small talk with anyone and it's it's, it's just weird it's, and see that's sort of like the big problem of online right this reminds me of this joke you made this joke tweet you made uh i think a month ago or something about you know like guys online being like okay boomer and like insulting others mm-hmm. and that's that same young guy or girl at the office, like, hey, would you like sugar in your coffee? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the same two people on the online. Like, it's like, you know, it's like a, a very anti-social. But in real life, the, the hierarchy is right there, right? Like, suddenly, yeah. those big smash soccer, like Smash Mouths online, they're they're making the coffee in real life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like why you want to work yourself up offline because online, it's very easy to be a liar be a fraud and make like get yourself up to the top but like you're still like a loser in real life mm-hmm. and but you can on the other hand you can work yourself up offline and be successful right you can you can have a fully it's still possible to have like almost to completely fully offline life yeah where you are very successful and in fact many of the richest most powerful people don't let their kids near computers or iPads or telephones because they want them to have those offline skills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's telling that. It's like Bill Gates, I think there was this article that came out once where Bill Gates' children, they go, uh, they go to this school where smartphones aren't allowed and everyone needs to read books and go out and play. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, covering his, his computer with a sticker, you know, and like covering his microphone too. Then some other like uh, this like Silicon Valley big tech uh, famous person's children also like not having any like cell phones or tablets at home or video games and they're all just encouraged to read. It's like something telling where the people who create these actual like I'm not I'm not of the opinion, you know, where people like to blame everything on on like the select usual, you know, like, oh, everything's Zuckerberg's fault. No, it's like he obviously has his part to play, but I mean him or Bill Gates or whoever, they, they're just like the perfect scapegoat, you know, because they're like mm. this uh, unreachable, unreachable um, dork nerd kind of thing who lacks this relatableness, you know. But it is telling that some of the people who help create all of this saying, yeah, not for my kids though. It's like, yeah, okay, this is nice, but not for my kids yet. And it's mm. quite telling. It's quite telling and Obviously, because however we want to spin it, nobody actually knows where we're heading to. Nobody knows exactly which are the long-term consequences of being online all day or this social media exposure all day to this exposure to everyone. So 
here's um yeah here's one thing that is going to be at the center point of making online living uh, a long-term viable thing and it is we need to find a way where we can be online a lot where mm -hmm. we can communicate quickly where on being online can be beneficial to us without the dopamine addiction yeah <clears throat> because right now all the online things are all Twitter, Instagram, you know, like video games, porn, uh, a lot of online stuff. It all is very addictive and it makes you into like a, a, a plant, you know, like you just sit like on your cell phone all day. Yeah. And if you want to make online living viable, you have to make sure that doesn't happen. Like it online needs to be as boring as offline, so to say. I mean, it's not going to happen. But that's the only way where I see a long-term, happy online living. Yeah, a sustainable way of making it. Like, because in the end, if we're all doing it, we all want to like leverage uh, an online persona, leverage a personal brand, leverage um, money-making skills, uh, content creation skills, networking. We all want to leverage this to a better life. I think that's what we're all here for. And... We all want to use it essentially as a tool. The only problem is, obviously, these tools can end up being using can end up using us. I mean, I'm not above being addicted to the social online dopamine because I am, you know, because mm. I like to write a tweet, a funny tweet or a smart tweet, and have people like it and share it, and you know, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm funny or smart, you know, I'm obviously am, but you know, with the whole sharing on Twitter, you know, it's like this whole how it also affects your. If you use Instagram, for example, how your self-image because you upload a sexy picture or whatever, you know, and all of a sudden you have like the, the, the social proof that comes with people sharing and stuff. So in the end, if we all want to use it as a tool to get a better life and we do need like, there's no perfect way to do it, but we do have to take proactive measures mm. to prevent from falling too deep into the rabbit hole or from prevent from spending all day to it or... So, I mean, there's different, there's different um, things that everyone's been practicing. Like we've, I know you have, and I have been to in the past, like practicing these uh, similar to intermittent fasting, but internet fasting in which yeah. X days away from the internet or X hours of the day away from the internet. I know one of our friends, he says no Twitter until afternoon, you know? So like in the morning I get everything done and afterwards I'll go on Twitter and maybe spend a few minutes on mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a, a, a we should like if imagine going back like a hundred years from now, right? And you have to tell your great grandparents about internet fasting. Like this is how ridiculous it kind of is, right? Yeah. But it's so addicting, and we are all suffering from it. You can't. Mm. Nobody is. I don't know anyone that can honestly say like, oh no, I have it one hundred percent under control. We've all been there where. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I'll just be on Twitter for five minutes or I'll just check YouTube for two minutes or whatever, play a video game one round, and then, like, six hours later, you're like, oh, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Uh, and you need to it – just it's, it's kind of sad, but you need to take those, like, severe measures, right? Yeah. Just, like, intermittent, intermittent fasting. And now, like, because we are so oversaturated with food and lazy living, we need, we need to, like – go to extremes where we have to like super regulate our food just not to get fat or yeah. just not to get addicted to our cell phones. 
yeah it's like we in a world in a world of abundance like this counter or in a culture of abundance you know the counter reaction the counter movement or how to fight against all of this is basically uh, self-imposing the limits to yourself because if we have no limits you know it's like water if we there's no container that will go mm. spread everywhere we need to form our own container to you know stay in this one place if you want to if you want to say and you know as we as we mentioned before it's like nobody knows the extent or the consequences long term of all of this so shouldn't we at least try and be careful you know just because because we don't know where this is going let's not just fall into it too much and maybe maybe this episode this first episode is a good step into that you know it's like obviously it's a bit ironic because we will gain dopamine from this we'll we'll gain engagement you know we'll we'll gain that sweet um you know that sense of knowing that people know, know that you're smart and sexy you know and handsome name of the podcast and uh, but it is true that i don't know in an ideal world everyone will just be connecting just for a while you know and like, it's it's just, it's kind of like a sad catch 22 where either you get the dopamine addiction like uh, rush or you don't because you failed you know like either you get the rush because 500 people like watch this video and it just makes you want to get more and more and more or you don't get the rush because there's no one listening there's not there's yeah. not like there's no in between you mm-hmm. just you like kind of like stuck uh, yeah. and it's 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 almost impossible to to get rid of it. You can't escape it that much. Like the only way you can escape it is by having this strong offline bonds, right? To get those friends in real life, mm-hmm. to go out on a Friday night, have fun. You leave your cell phone at home, or you know, in your back pocket, or whatever. You just don't use it. Uh, and that's like the only countermeasure I know works. I know, like, when I am with friends having a good time or with family or whatever, those are the moments I'm not thinking of the online world. Those yeah. are the moments I can leave my phone behind, have fun. And actually those are the, the best moments. Those are way better than what any dope, those are way better than like a tweet that goes viral or yeah. it's just like that real life experience. And like, like I said, like if you try to explain this to your great grandparents, they'll just laugh at you. Like what the fuck are you talking about? But for us, it's like, a, it's like a challenge to get real world, fun to get real world experience to get like a real life not just like something that's instagrammable yeah yeah i mean i'm reading a lot of um more for like philosophy uh self-centered content right Nietzsche now fanboy Nietzsche fanboy yeah <laughs> and um not only Nietzsche, but i mean other 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 philosophers and like people from our corner of the internet and stuff like that and it's like life seems to be at least the way I'm understanding it is like it seems to be like enjoying these like it's the simple things which end up they're free but also really expensive. I don't know how to explain it too well, and I don't know if I if I'm doing right and going this route, but it's like something like a family, you know, like having like a loving family, like it's priceless. Mm. You can't you can't go in line and create a family. You can't buy a family, you know, or creating like a healthy group of friends in good relationships with people it's, it's, it's priceless and in the end it's like it seems like it's one of these platitude or feel good quotes in which everything that's priceless in life you can obtain for free kind of thing and it's true i mean you, just but it's, you don't you don't get it for free though you you pay the highest price because it's a huge amount of effort 
yeah, it's I'm very easy to be popular online, right? Just take a picture yeah. every day, write some bullshit. But to get like those deep, real bonds, to get like super good friends, mm-hmm. to get a loving relationship, and to get like a very good, healthy family, that takes a lot of work. And it's not just you because uh, it takes two to tango, right? Like you can't yeah. have proper family bonds if the rest of your family is shit. Uh, you can't have a loving relationship with someone that is shit. You can't have shit friends and still make it work. So it's it's tough. It's a lot of work. You need to find the right people, uh, and especially with family, you just need to be a little bit lucky as well. Yeah, true. You only have so much influence. Uh, so I'd say it's the most expensive thing, but it is also the most valuable thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, this online, like this online interconnectedness, is like it's it's made us spread out really, really wide but not as deep as maybe back then, you know, it's like, like there, there's the um, Dunbar's, Dunbar, ugh, Dunbar's number, which is like, it says the optimal size of a tribe or maximal limit is like 150 people. Mm. After that, it ends up splitting. And I think it was focused. I haven't, I can't remember exactly, but I, so don't quote me on this, but I think it was like referred to as like hunter gatherer societies or like. Yeah, it's about, it's about communication. Uh, it's about how effectively we can communicate. Mm-hmm. You like I think chimpanzees have a number of about like fifty because they don't have the language we have. So yeah. communication for them takes a takes a more time. Like they have to flee each other. They have to like yeah. show hierarchy. But because we can talk, we can communicate much faster. Okay, uh, convey messages much faster. So it goes up to one fifty. Okay, yeah, but still like online, you are able to extend this number to the infinite. But mm. it's just superficial to be. You can't keep up with everyone. It's superficial and. If you end up paying attention to too many people online, the offline, the real people you know in flesh end up losing or having the worst end of the bargain, you know? And I've noticed it myself in which I like to think I, I use my Twitter time more effective. I mean, I'm not saying I'm really effective, but I use it better than I was before. And before I remember it was like, I had like uh, every day I'd wake up to 25 DMs. I was in like 10, 15 group chats keeping up with essentially it was just basically a Facebook messenger and it's mm-hmm. like it reached a point where I was like why am I for example not going out tonight just to keep up with 15 people online who I'm basically just talking I mean not nonsense but I mean just talking with them as I, were, as I could be talking with my real friends you know it's like why am I substituting my real connections my offline connections mm-hmm. with my real friends for some new ones in which I'm essentially doing the same but only from the safety or the separation of my screen it's like it's yeah, it's, it's not just such as the experience uh you know like you got like the the cliche where people go to a concert but all they do is like film the entire thing so they can put it online and they never really experience it or the, the yeah. tourists they go everywhere take pictures of everything but they never see anything yeah and it, it becomes a question would you rather let your 100,000 followers know that you're having an amazing time or would you rather have an amazing time? Mm-hmm. Uh, could, you tr- could you try with your audio to uh, unplug in and plug in the, the headphones again? I think it got uh, a bit. Is it, yeah. is it better? Yeah, it's better now. I think for, for some reason it got off. Yes, yeah, as, as, as you mentioned, the whole... Like you're a concert and if you watch it again uh, through your phone, it's like, well, why don't you just watch the YouTube afterwards? You know, like the YouTube video afterwards. Like why are you paying the $100, the $200 or like a football match? Why are you paying hundreds of dollars to just record it? You know, you're not going to see that video again ever again because it's shitty quality. Mm. 
the sound shit if you're going to a concert. So why not experience it? I don't, I don't know. Sound like booming. This is a weird combination, right? So on the one hand, it is trying to be popular. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it's sort of this fear of missing out, whatever. Uh, like especially with holidays, right? You'll Like nowadays, digital cameras, I mean, everyone has a digital camera, but it's on their phone or like a, a proper camera. When I went this, like in the beginning of this year, I went to Armenia and Georgia. Yeah. Uh, two beautiful countries, amazing. And eventually I checked out like how many pictures I'd taken. Because like we're, we're like talking about this and it's not like I'm innocent, like we're also doing this. Yeah. I'd taken 1,300 pictures. Damn. And you know how many of those pictures I have rewatched? Uh, ever since like five yeah like the five favorite ones you decided on the first moment you took them and that's yeah it. you know like you, you make take like 1300 pictures you make like a selection of like 30 pictures and out of those 30 pictures there's like five you really really like yeah and at the same time you i missed i i'm pretty sure i missed just enjoying certain moments because i was too busy getting like the perfect picture mm-hmm. uh, and I, I have taken a few moments there I would just sit down or just like walk around and just like absorb everything. Just enjoy, like just be by yourself, uh, look, like be in the streets of Tbilisi, just see everyone like walking around, doing their thing, just enjoying, appreciating being in a beautiful city with a beautiful culture that you're just not used to. And those moments, I can still remember those. Um, those are like the memories that are like vivid to me, not the pictures. The pictures don't yeah. mean anything. After half the time, you're like, oh, yeah, wait, which monastery was it? I can't remember. It's just mm-hmm. Offline versus online. Yeah, it's like, for some reason, I don't know I don't know the theory that well, so I may be needing to be corrected by this, but I've been reading lately on uh, Jean Baudrillard, which is like this postmodern uh, philosopher, I think he was French, and he's like, he's the, one of the main inspirations behind the Matrix films. Mm-hmm. And like the idea of the Matrix borrows from this idea from Yard in which um, this hyper-reality substitutes reality. And this hyper-reality being just a copy of copy of copy of ideas of symbols and stuff like that. And it ends up substituting it kind of thing. And um, it just seems that way in which we now don't really experience reality that well. I mean, I don't want to go too deep into it, but I mean, it is true that we live in this complete parallel world that doesn't really exactly exist you know because this online world i mean physically it's not there you know and it's just data information if you want to call it i think maybe visual because we see it on the screens but it's just how it's like substituting our own world you know our real real world and how i don't know it's it's it's, it's got interesting repercussions you know as have you said like you you took loads of pictures you remember five of them and you kind of want to remember uh, these certain moments and stuff and it's and it's difficult it's difficult mm. because now we've i don't know because we always have a picture of everything now we kind of like uh, unload that mental capacity of memories when like because we'll take the pictures like we'll re- once we watch the picture we'll remember so like mm. that's we we don't need to experience that we'll just remember the picture and it's and it's it's weird man yeah it's, it's the more you live online so, and, and you're a little bit more hesitant but i'll just i'll just like go straight for it the more you're online, the less you live. Uh, yeah. And you can have tons of great experiences online, like a lot of amazing things could happen, but none of it is real. 
uh, it doesn't get real until you go offline and actually do it. It doesn't mm-hmm. get real. You know, I can go online and I can travel the entire world, right? You've got Google Maps, whatever. You can see everything, but it's not real. Uh, I'd rather physically drive to a town that is like five kilometers away from here and experience like a boring, average town where no one ever goes than go online and look at pictures of the Taj Mahal because it's not Dude, real. I was thinking of the Taj Mahal too, man. I swear. <laughs> I've actually been there, so. I haven't. got the pictures to prove it. Yeah, but that's it. But you know, like the, you know, let's let's take the Taj Mahal as an example, right? We all know the pictures, beautiful. Uh, did you know that Taj Mahal is actually right next to a river? Yeah, I've I've heard it's like surrounded by garbage because everything else is like. Did you know that it's like right on a river? Did you know that you have the Taj Mahal in the center, to the left and to the right there's two huge mosques. Oh, didn't know that. Because you know the pictures from online, but when you go there, you're like, hey, wait, why is it like two huge mosques, which are like huge buildings as well? Like, they, they're like proper, beautiful buildings in their own right. You don't, you don't get the experience. Like, when I went there with some friends, you get like, you, know, like, you get like people trying to hustle you, you get uh, all sorts of things, like left, right, there's the riverbanks. You see families taking pictures. You have to stand in line somewhere. Like the, the certain route is closed. This part you can you can uh, because we got like a foreign ticket. India is like discriminatory as hell. If you're Indian, you can go there for like, I don't know like two rupees, which is yeah. like what like five cents. If you're foreign, it's like a hundred rupees or like I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's still like it's only like one and a half euros, but it's like massively discriminating. But yeah. if you do take the 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 foreign cart, you kind of get like privileges so you can kind of skip lines a little bit and do it. And that's all like things that you experience. And that's what makes the Taj Mahal the Taj Mahal, right? There's also the inside of the Taj Mahal is also beautiful, but everyone just knows the picture. So everyone's yeah. been to the Taj Mahal online, but no one's done the offline. There were monkeys there. Uh, you have to be careful with the monkeys because they steal your food. Oh, and these all like small little things that you only know if you do it in real life. And those things are way more fun than just the picture of the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, the context makes it way more beautiful. Being there with friends, uh, experiencing something that is truly amazing with friends, yeah, it's so much better than like 10 million pictures of the Taj Mahal. You know, like the virtual YouTube video tour. It's not the same thing. Uh, and that's how we live our lives. The same with social media. It's just not the same thing to have 10,000 friends online as it is to have two offline. I'd rather have two good friends offline than a million friends online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, uh, I think I lost your audio. Your audio is gone. All right, so this is the first episode. It's all going smoothly. It's all going perfectly well. Definitely not improvising. We definitely didn't just lose Benjamin. I I think we're just going to have to wrap it up because uh, uh, well, this was episode one of the Handsome and Smart podcast or Smart and Handsome podcast. We haven't really figured it out yet. Benjamin's back just in time to say goodbye, maybe. Uh, I'm saying goodbye. Oh, okay. Benjamin. Yeah, perfect. You ready to close this thing down?
Yeah, yeah, sure. It's like uh, any, like, should we leave any highlights? Uh, no idea. So this is just, I was just telling the, the, the audience, whoever made it through up to here, that this was the first episode of either the Handsome and Smart or Smart and Handsome podcast. I think we haven't really figured that one out yet, which one goes first. Mm-hmm. Uh, smart and Handsome, yeah. Or Handsome Smart, we don't know yet. S and H, S and H. H and S. Nah. <laughs> so, so that we'll uh, tune in for the next episode where we'll just keep on fighting this way uh, instead of adding value, massive value, taking mass yeah. action. <laughs> so, uh, perfect. Yeah, we perfect. Should, we should yeah, so this was the inaugural episode. Uh, we're, start, we're still finding our groove, I guess. Yeah, uh, we'll be bringing we'll guests do, in. Yeah, we shall, we'll get guests in. We'll get Fury in. We'll have a, uh, a Fury cast on which we'll be drunk. Yes. Uh, we need to convince Fury to do this, but I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll be up. There. Yeah. So, uh, we need to bring smart and handsome people. Like everyone we bring in will be smart and handsome. Okay. See you guys. All right. See you later. Um...